0: Welcome to our latest podcast in our Thought Leadership series. I'm Jennifer Jones, Director of Consultancy Services at Collingwood, and today I have with me Dr. Paul Turner to discuss the topic of executive effectiveness. Paul is a principal consultant with Collingwood Consulting and the primary author of our recent article on the strategic priorities of today's CEO. Paul has an outstanding track record of business success, both as an executive director responsible for multi-channel sales, customer service and HR, before he moved into consultancy in 2006. He gained his PhD in organisational leadership behaviour in 2011 and regularly publishes papers and books on leadership, as well as maintaining academic links with several universities and business schools. Good morning, Paul.
1: Good morning, Jennifer.
0: Thank you for taking the time to talk with us this morning on CEO strategic priorities. Your articles generated a lot of interest from our clients, and today's podcast is an opportunity to delve into those findings a little more. So let's start off. Can you give us a top-line view as to why you penned this article and what you found out?
1: Sure. We know that CEOs have to juggle multiple priorities, but we wondered what strategic priorities they were pursuing whilst dealing with the messy day-to-day challenges that arrive in their trays. So to help us do this, we reviewed the latest CEO surveys and studies on key strategic priorities emerging around the globe. This research scan highlighted a range of findings which on first sight appear to be diverse, driven by differences in geography, industry sector, marketplace, or corporate strategy. For example, following the global recession of 2008, the leading CEOs in financial services remain heavily focused on regulation and governance. Yet, across the board, irrespective of industry, CEOs are primarily focusing on the challenge of managing exponential change, particularly in relation to technology, people, and communications. The pace of change has never been faster, and its direction never more difficult to predict. The only way to prepare is to build innovation into a company's DNA.
0: Yes, you you say that the CEO of 2016 cannot be the CEO of 2006, and you term this innovation revolution as the tiger's tail of today's business world how some CEOs will blunder through and so risk treading on that tiger's tail, whereas some will try to map out a cautious pathway around it, but risk their strategy being reduced to short-term tactical steps, whilst only a few will actually grasp it and face the challenge of how to manage the change unleashed by the tiger's tail. That's quite a scary scenario for those at the top.
1: Yes, I, I suppose it is. CEOs are grappling with issues they've never grappled with before due to the force and speed of technological innovation. This has created an inflection point of change. Let's not forget, though, that inflection points have arisen throughout history. In the 18th century, via the Industrial Revolution and the unleashing of mechanical power and the resultant division of labour. And in the 20th century... Electronics and information technology created automation, instant communication and globalisation. Today, we have the integration of cognitive computing, artificial intelligence and cyber-physical systems and the continuing growth of the knowledge worker. Because this is a new situation, CEOs' responses will need to be new also.
0: This this whirlwind really, or maelstrom of change, makes it difficult for CEOs to focus on the road ahead and to avoid being being swept away. That the changing business environment must be influ- influencing their strategic choices, surely. So, what's what's occupying their minds in terms of establishing the strategic route, route map?
1: Well, it's clear that this catalyst of change is shaping the strategic priorities of CEOs. The number one priority. Is fostering innovation so much so that one research study identified four out of five CEOs are concerned that their current products and services will not be relevant in three years' time. Innovation has shot to the top of the strategic priorities list in 2016 from just fourth in
0: 2011. I mean, that, that is incredibly surprising, but it does fit with our experience. I mean, based on the clients here at collingwood the need for innovation to keep ahead of the pack and the desire to have a a creative culture to support it has been in the forefront of of our discussions with with ceos but what what other strategic priorities are occupying their minds
1: the rest of the list is is quite familiar Uh, a desire for a stronger client focus implementing and regulating new wave technology better people and talent management and improving branding and communications, and an overarching cultural focus on organisational purpose.
0: Now, this is a global view, isn't it? So are there any differences between global and UK markets?
1: There are are less and less differences between individual uh, geographical locations due to growing globalisation. However, drilling down with a UK focus, the findings on strategic priorities are similar. But there appears to be a greater emphasis in the UK on the underpinning tactical short-term hot-button issues of social media management, changes in customer behaviour and cyber security. As for high-performing organisations, the survey indicates that in the UK, these are focused on achieving a culture of customer centricity and employee engagement, empowerment and accountability.
0: So... What the research is saying is that whatever challenges the technological revolution creates, the solution lies in the quality of a company's leadership and workforce. And that supports our findings with with clients too. So what leadership and people strategies can CEOs employ to reduce risks and maximise opportunities created by these Mm. these changes? Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, as we've discussed, markets and services are changing rapidly as the world changes around us. Strategies... Try to make sense of and respond to these changes. Leaders need to do the same to be effective, whether individually or in teams. The term VUCA has come to the fore in recent times to describe the new business environment and is growing in use as a strategic change planning model.
0: Ah, our old friend VUCA. Volatility, (laughs) uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity.
1: Yes, yes. The, The acronym sums up well the volatile nature, speed and magnitude of change. The uncertainty going forward, making it difficult for leaders to make predictions. The complex external factors and the lack of clarity and unity within and surrounding an organisation. For example, in the past, a functional silo approach delivered success. Today, this is rare. Today, compartmentalised accomplishments generally fail to add up to a comprehensive, enduring corporate success.
0: But how can CEOs use an appreciation of VUCA to lead their organisations through change?
1: New thinking is emerging about how leaders can respond to the ever-changing business environment. One example is the VUCA Prime model, created by Bob Johansson. And and Johansson flipped the VUCA model to create a strategic leadership response. In his world, in his VUCA world, volatility will yield to vision, a focus on risk and opportunity that counters volatility. Volatility. Uncertainty will yield to understanding. So, going beyond functional areas, focusing on cross organisational communication, teamwork, and collaboration. Complexity will yield to clarity, aligning decisions and communications with individual and team roles. And ambiguity will yield to agility, fast, decisive teamwork, decision making. And execution. So by focusing on leadership characters and behaviours that drive vision, understanding, clarity and agility, CEOs and their leadership teams can respond to change in the VUCA world.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree. And whilst recognising clarity of vision and aligned accountability... Leaders need to build flexibility into all these areas so as to guide their organisations through the turbulent changes ahead.
1: Yes, it's not going away. It will get more intense, more VUCA. CEOs have to come to terms with this. The number one thing is clarity. You need to be clear on where your organisation is going at any point in time, yet flexible on how you get there and ready to change. As the best investors will tell you, it's fairly easy to know lots of what will happen in 10 years or 20 years ahead. The money is already being spent on the future, whether nuclear investment, transport and logistics such as HS2 and Crossrail. The trick is going from foresight to insight and then on to action. It's how we get there that's all important. As you mentioned at the start of our discussion, Jen, some will be reactive and ignore the events unfolding around them. Others will follow a cautious pathway and a short-term tactical approach. And others will grasp the challenge and seek to proactively manage the changes.
0: Which brings us back to the beginning of our discussion. Doesn't time fly? Thank you, Paul, for your insights and for providing additional thoughts around your article on CEO strategic priorities. I know you've addressed VUCA in some detail in our latest white paper on strategic leadership development. So if any listeners would like to obtain a copy of either paper, then please visit our website or contact me at Collingwood. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our podcast. Please listen again soon for further insights and thought leadership. But for now, from Paul and I, goodbye.